Hey, this is Blake, and welcome to another episode of the Gig Harbor Flycast. And today I'm super excited because uh, there was a reunion of sorts. One of our friends, David, who uh, has worked in the fly shop for a few years, uh, had left back in January, uh, planning to move up to Alaska. He's originally from Alaska, and him and his wife were moving up there. Um, but before they did, they, they went on a pretty awesome road trip slash vacation uh, slash fish bum excursion. Um, and so we, he was back in town getting ready to get on the ferry to go up to Alaska and move up there. Um, and we fished this morning for a little bit and just like talking to him about uh, their adventure and, um, and kind of all the different places they fished and all that different, um, different experiences. I'm like, man, like we, sh- we should do a podcast and, uh, and just have you share about some of this because I'm sure one, uh, a lot of our customers that, uh, that know you, David, are probably wondering like, hey, how'd David's trip go? <laughs> and two, uh, some of these experiences you had are, um, are fairly unique for those of us that live in the Pacific Northwest. So, um, so hey, welcome to the podcast. And um, I think we, we, you guys left, what, January 19th? Yeah, January 19th. Okay, so you took off and you had, it was you and your wife and... Uh, Dogs. Yeah, two dogs. Two dogs, which I'm kind of wondering how you were able to get all that fishing done with two dogs. But, uh, but you guys went. Um, wh- where did you guys go f- uh, after you left Washington? So w- when we left Washington, we just headed south. Like we were in search of of warmer weather. So we drove down through Utah, and we found warmer weather in in uh, southern Utah. Actually, we, our, our I think our second night we stopped in northern Utah, and it was 13 degrees. You're like, let's and, keep going. And we couldn't get the we couldn't get the furnace to work in our trailer. Oh no! And so my wife was like, "We're not staying here." So we drove all night through Utah, got down to Southern Utah, and and uh, that was that was where we we found the warmer weather. But then we went down to after that we went down to Phoenix, and then we started east from Phoenix. Well, so then it probably got colder as you went east. It did. <laughs> that New, Me- New Mexico was one of the coldest states we went through. Both times we went through it. it yeah. was, New Mexico is very cold. Okay, so wh- yeah. where was the first place you guys stopped to fish? So the, Well, the first place, we didn't stop to fish there. The first place we, we stopped and I fished was in Texas, in what they call Texas Hill Country. It's this region between San Antonio and Austin. We actually broke an axle on our trailer there. Ooh. And we got stuck there for nine days. We ended up buying a new trailer what? while we were in Texas. Oh, I didn't even know this. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so we, 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 we took it to, you know, we, uh, we blew, in two days we blew two tires and it was the same tire. And I was like, so there's something wrong with this. And so we took it to the shop and they're like, yeah, you cracked your axle at some point. And, and so, so yeah, yeah, we, we bought a new trailer while we were there. And we were, we were there, and I was like, well, you know, I'm in Texas. So I've heard there's good bass fishing here. So I started looking around, and I found a trout river. It's I was like, like right there. Yeah, it's, it was a little river called the Guadalupe River. Oh, yeah. And had rainbow trout in it. And so I went and took my uh, urinate rod down there yeah. a couple days, caught some small rainbows. And so that was the very first place I fished. Yeah. It was not, not quite the fishing I was expecting in Texas, but very cool experience. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And so nine, nine days down in yeah. Texas. Wow. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, it was probably the nicest part of Texas. We, we could not have asked for a nicer place. Yeah. It was, the people were friendly. The, the landscape there is really pretty in the hill country. There were some nice lakes and yeah, it was, it was a good area. Wow. So you didn't go bass fishing at all? No, no. Wow. I, so I tried to get a guide to do a striper trip on the lake that was there, but okay. I just, I just couldn't get, 
everybody, everybody was busy. And so okay. I did a little do it yourself on the trout river. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that, but it worked out. So, mm-hmm. and then from, from Texas, where did you guys head from there? So Texas, we, we made a stop in, in new Orleans real quick. We didn't fish there, you know, just went and, and walked around in the French quarter and then onto the Gulf coast of Florida. That was where we started doing some real fishing, yeah, some okay. serious fishing anyway. And then where? And then where was? The, what was the first fish you caught when you were down there? So the first fish was ladyfish. Okay. On, I went to my first day in Florida. I went to Sanibel Island, yeah. and it was it was beautiful. The white sand beaches, and you can just walk them for miles. And so I just took my stripping basket, my eight weight, and just went walking, and I caught ladyfish and Spanish mackerel. Okay, I was how looking, do you know I was what fish to use? But I just use a clouser. Okay, yeah. so chartreuse and white clouser. Yeah, so got tons for, of them. For, for those of you that <laughs> fish Puget Sound and fish for uh, coho and stuff like that, you know, you you probably have stuff in your box that you might not even realize uh, you could fish in uh, vastly different fisheries all over, uh, not just the United States, but probably just all over the world. I mean, I've yeah, a chartreuse and white clouser can get it done. Yep. Like. I mean, oh, man. I, I plucked them right out of my fly box from here before I left. They, yeah. were, they were from Washington. So, <laughs> yeah, and they worked, worked just fine. So, uh, the ladyfish, you know, they're known as like the poor man's tarpon. I've, I've, uh, I've hooked a bunch of small ones down in Baja. And, um, and then I actually hooked one on Christmas Island a couple years ago that was like four feet long. And it was huge. That is huge. huge. I hooked it on my 10 yeah. weight and, and it kicked my butt. I, I mean, I, I ended up snapping it off like it was it was a crazy fish like so were these like small ones medium-sized ones yeah i mean definitely it was they were in like probably around 18 inches were most of the ones i was catching i mean it's surprising they put a bend in an eight weight but they they jump they're aggressive yeah and they They jump jump. they jump a lot super cool okay so then and then you guys were in florida you guys kind of like camped out there for a bit like that was we were in florida for almost a month and so we did the gulf coast then we did the keys then we did the uh indian river on the east coast yeah and so I did on, when we were on the Gulf Coast, I did a lot of that walking on the beaches and it was mostly ladyfish and Spanish mackerel. I did end up catching a jack on Fort Myers Beach. Jack Raval. Yep. Yep. Jack Raval. Yeah. And good, then. Good size one? No, he was, it was small, but yeah. it was, I mean, it was fun. It was the first one I ever caught, you know, Those there was a lot of firsts hard. for me on, in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the chartreuse and white clouser, so I was in, uh, down in Hobosh, Mexico last February. And uh, there was a huge school of jacks and they were big. They were all like maybe 30 to 40 pounds. And there was like, yeah, 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 big, big ones. And they were, they were, there was over a hundred of them. Like there's tons of them. And, um, and I I had thrown a cast out there just using the tarpon fly that I had, because that's what we had been fishing for. And, and then we saw these jacks and they just took completely ignored it. And the guy's like, okay, hold on. I got the fly for you. I got the fly. And I'm like waiting. I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, got some like local secret stuff here. And he opens up his box and pulls out a, a really small little chartreuse in white clouser. <laughs> and so we put that on there and, and then I hooked, I hooked one immediately on that thing. Um, and I was, you know, I had like, I think my, my tippet was like 40 pound fluoro or something like that. And I was pulling really hard on this fish. Cause like, I just know that you know, jacks, they, they pull and they pull hard. And like, if you give them an inch, like they take, they take a foot, right? I mean, they just, they just don't give up. And I'm like, well, I just want to, I want to, you know, one, I want to land this fish quickly. So the other guy in the boat can like get a shot at the, the school of fish that's still in the vicinity. And so I'm just pulling on this fish a little bit too hard and not realizing that like the fly that, that this guide had given me, the hook was not a, I didn't, I never saw the hook and I didn't really realize that it was just a kind of a lighter wire hook and i just straightened the stinking hook out i'm like really <laughs> i'm like dang i can't believe i did that it was like a total 
total like rookie move, you know, like, but, um, but then the other guy was able to get some shots at fish too. So that was, it was cool. But, um, but yeah, the chartreuse and white clouser jacks, pretty awesome, pretty awesome stuff. Um, did you see other fish while you were down? Did you see other fishermen while you were there or did you just have place yeah. yourself? Yeah, no, there was, there was some other fishermen. Yeah. That's, it was funny. I was on uh, Sanibel Island. I was talking to, to a, a local there and, and, uh, he was telling me he's, you know, we're obviously I was looking for snook and, and I wasn't finding any. And, and he said, I, he said he hadn't seen any either. And he said, he's like, the weather hasn't been very good for, for snook fishing. You know, we're standing there on the beach, it's 80 degrees. And I asked him, I was like, oh, it's been too hot. And he said, no, it's been too cold. <laughs> and it's 80 degrees. Like, no, being you from know, Alaska, you're being like, from what Alaska, are you I was like, It's about? completely opposite. It, it blew me away. That so was, was this your first like tropical kind of fishing experience? Yeah, like, very first warm, warm? time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So it would, probably would have been, probably was super cool to like get into some fish or like on your own. Yeah. without a guide, you know, like just walking the beach and like fish eating your fly. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Okay. So then, so t- tell me a little bit more about other fish you guys caught or sure. other so, experiences down so there. So before we, before we left the Gulf coast, we did do a guide trip out of, uh, out of a little town called Matt Lachey, uh, right near Pine, Pine Island. And we, that was flats fishing in the mangroves. And that was where I caught my first, um, snook and my first speckled trout. Cool. Yeah, and so those that was that was a lot of fun. You know, I had some shots at some redfish too. There was redfish in there. Sure. But it was sight casting off of off the bow of a boat, um, right right into the mangroves, and you'd watch them come out of those mangroves and eat. And yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. That was that was uh, like I said that. So I didn't catch a redfish on that one, but my first snook and my first speckled trout. Nice. Yeah. Oh. The the guy that I took on that one, he was so he wasn't the fishiest guy, but he was a hard worker and he was. He was really energetic about it, and so he made it a lot of fun. His name was Joe Harley, was cool. the guy that took out of Matt Lachey. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, Matt Lachey, cool, super cool little beach town. I've never yeah. heard of it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a itty-bitty little island on the way to a bigger island. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. Okay, and then from there? So from there, we went down to the Keys. We went to Isla Mirada. So did you keep track of all the different species uh, that you hooked on this trip? Because like right now you're probably at like at least five or six, seven. Yeah. You know. Well, I'll have to go back and count because remember I told you around New Year's I was going for 20 species this year oh, in 10 different states. That's right. And I'm right now I'm looking at nine different states this year. So okay. I'm one short. So when I come back in the fall, I may have to well, find a state I haven't fished yet. You get to go to Alaska though. Right. Alaska will be my ninth. Ninth. Oh, yeah, Alaska will be my ninth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I haven't counted my species yet, but okay. it, it was a lot. Um, yeah. So, so from there we drove and so we drove through what they call alligator alley Okay. in from, you know, it's just, ju- we went just North of the Everglades from, from uh, the Gulf coast over to Isla Mirada. And that was, that was quite the experience. Like we've seen alligators before, but yeah. driving through that section of road, they're just alongside the highway, and they're huge. Oh, we, for real? I, we probably saw 40 of them, I bet. What? In, in like, 20 minutes. Uh, probably a little bit longer than 20 minutes. But You're there's like, just one the straight stretch of highway. Yeah, we did not stop. <laughs> like, But you would just look over there, and there'd just be a huge alligator just sitting on the side of the road. It wow. Was, that was an interesting experience. That, that yeah. is cool. I mean, that's what I would do if I was an alligator. <laughs> I'd be on the side yeah. of the road. I'd park it right next to yeah. a Seaback pizza and just like <laughs> hang, I'd hang out, wait for leftovers. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, so then Isla Mirada, you guys got down there. And yeah, and so we only we were only there for a day. We went there specifically to go fishing. Okay. Yeah, and so we we went out. 
uh, with a guy down there too. Um, what was his name? Uh, uh, John Sheehan was his name. He was he was the guy that uh, that Brian recommended to you. Yeah, yeah. So Brian Bennett hooked yeah. you up with that guy. And so that guy, he was he was a, he was a good guy, very fishy. Nice. Yeah. And and so he, we went into the Everglades on the flats in there and went. We we're looking for redfish and snook. And uh, that's where I caught my first redfish. Yeah, that's that was I remember that, that picture. Was that was great. Cool. That was redfish pull super hard. Yeah. So that was that was a, it was really tough fishing because the water was murky in there, and so I was prepared for sixty foot casts. And I was making twenty foot casts <laughs> at fish, and it was it was so it was hard to get up on these fish and not spook them because the water was so murky in there. Okay. But I got I, I landed that one, and then I got another one to eat right in front of me about 30 feet yeah i put the fly on its nose watch it eat yeah and trout set oh no. <laughs> and, oh, and that no. fly came straight back at my face out of his mouth oh. <laughs> it was a little embarrassing yeah uh, john was like yeah don't do that <laughs> <laughs> oh the trout and set so, and then that after after we fished the flats on our way back we went looking for tarpon Okay. That was an experience. I did not hook a tarpon, but we the first spot we pulled up to, I got up on the bow, and I was up there for about 30 seconds, and I looked over, and there was a tarpon, had to be 100 pounds, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and yeah. it was that, that gets your heart pumping fast. Yeah. That was, and I that one spooked, and I did get, I, I did end up putting flies at two other tarpon. Yeah. Like real big 100 pounders probably. Wow. And it's, I mean, it's, an adrenaline rush to do that. Right. So That's, at that point, you're not using the, your eight weight. No, no. We. Yeah. I was. I was on. He had a. Like an eleven weight. Single or? piece, twelve, maybe a ten. It was ten or twelve. Okay. Really nice rod. And I don't. Yeah. I don't remember what the brand was, but yeah. it was. That's what I was. I was using a bigger rod there. Yeah. It was. It was the guide's rod. But that next time I go to Florida, I'm gonna put a lot more focus on tarpon because I didn't. I really didn't think I wanted to catch a big tarpon. Until, Until I saw a big tarpon, <laughs> and and now I'm I'm very interested in doing that. I remember again. the first tarpon I ever hooked. I, I mean, I didn't have a I didn't really know much about tarpon, and, and um, but the the thing that got me all pumped on tarpon was my my bow partner. The first tarpon he hooked, like it, this thing jumped and backflipped and like just went. It went so acrobatic that that was the. I mean, I'm trying to think how many fish since were that acrobatic. This one was just like over the top ridiculous. And that was like, what got me hooked was like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize what I was in for. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That is so cool. So yeah, they're they're And they got big ones down there. Very big. Yeah. 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 And, and so that was when I go back, you know, Matt, Lim, so Matt Lachey is just South of what, what is the place called in I can't, I can't remember the name. It's like Punta Gorda or something like that in Florida where, where tar tarpon migrate to. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's opportunity there. And so I will definitely be, be, uh, trying that again. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And so, yeah, after the, so that, like I said, that was just a day. And then after that, we went and spent a few days on the East coast and fished, um, uh, there's a stretch of water called Indian river that goes a long ways on the, on the East coast. And that I was doing uh, wade fishing out there, which which was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I looked it up online, and and, and uh, everybody warns you to do to shuffle your feet so you don't step on a stingray. And that's 
my first day out there, I almost stepped on a stingray. Ooh. I, I was wearing my wading boots, and yeah. so I was wet wading, but I wore my wading boots and yeah. just in case. I got about two feet from a huge stingray yeah. that I never even saw it till it, till it moved. Oh, wow. So yeah. um, so this was more like sandy bottom of the river. It is, And yeah. you were pretty mm-hmm. close to like the, the lower. Um, so what, what kind of fish were you fishing for in there? So again, it was jacks, snook, redfish, speckled trout. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch many fish in there, but I like the experience of, of wading like that in there, you know, and that's, that's bull sharks go in there to have their pups. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and so there's, I knew there's bull sharks living in there yeah. and I was out about waist deep out fishing by a dock trying to find a snook. And there was an explosion in the water about a hundred feet from me. Yeah. Your snook just got eaten. And I, I thought for sure it was a bull shark and yeah. I thought for sure I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, so I started backing up and watching. It was dolphin. <laughs> just, just chasing bait fish, but I, for sure, well, they probably was, fight hard you know, too. <laughs> when, when it first came out of the water, it was a bull shark for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, right. yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun experience though. Well, that, yeah. and that's one of the cool things about that saltwater environment is that, um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, okay, so you throw the chartreuse white clouser out, for example, you just don't know what's going to eat it many times. Like it's, there's all, all sorts, you know, whereas like in the Northwest, like up here, um, you know, sometimes we're. We, you know, you throw the chartreuse white clouser and once in a while you might have a rockfish grab it or whatever, fishing along the kelp, et cetera. But, but you kind of know like what's, you know, you're like, okay, it's August. I'm going to hook a coho, right? You know I mean? It's, we don't, we don't really get surprised by, you know, just dozens of different types of, of, uh, of species, which I mean, I guess maybe fishing more subsurface, like with like gear maybe is the case, but that's one of the cool things I really like about that uh about just like that tropical fisheries is all those different do you get to fish any like um uh, more like freshwater stuff like any of the canals or any of that did yeah so i actually went i fished a freshwater canal for bass i was looking for peacock bass sure and i didn't find i only caught largemouth bass but it was it was i was catching them on the popper like you know it was what end of january beginning of february it was great see surface eats on a popper right yeah i mean people that live down there they, they don't even they don't, they don't realize what, what they got, right? right. Like we're, we're, we're like January popper fishing. What? Yeah. Like, well, and the bass I was catching was probably small compared to what they can find there. Sure. But I was excited. I was right. like, look, I caught a bass. I caught a bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, guess there's like all sorts of like just crazy different species that are down there in those canals that, you know, a lot of them are, are non-native, like just, um, you know, maybe, uh, somehow, you know, aquarium fish that got dumped in there and grew up or, you know, all sorts of different stuff like that. So, so where did you guys kind of, kind of go from Indian river and in that area? So Indian river, our next destination was Virginia, but we had, while we were out fishing, we had somebody tell us about Western North Carolina. So, uh, it, he told us about this town called Bryson city, about an hour West of Asheville. And so, I mean, we had the time, obviously we were on no schedule. So we decided to go check it out and that that was a pretty amazing place that was so that was we ended up staying a week in north carolina fishing uh near bryson city yeah i, I wasn't really familiar with that area i mean i'm i'm a total west coast guy i, I mean i i don't really go I haven't, I haven't really even been to the northeast or anything like that but um but i was part of a, a dealer group with uh sage and um i met the guy that owns davidson outfitters in and it's in Asheville or okay. in that, that area yeah. Um, and, uh, it was re- I mean, he is the greatest guy. I would highly recommend his shop. Um, if people are going to head out that way or whatever, but, um, 
but it, I mean, it was cool to learn from him about their fishery. And it was pretty consistent with what you were saying about how a lot of great dry fly opportunities, like just some beautiful wild fish and like really cool, like just super green and like beautiful areas and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. How long were you guys in, in that area? So we were there for a week. I mean, we, we wanted to stay longer, but we had plans for the White River in Arkansas. So we had to continue on our trip. But, we, you know, we would have stayed because we barely scratched the surface. We fished three rivers during that week. And there's, I mean, there's there's got to be hundreds of them in that area, both tailwaters and mountain freestones. That, yeah. And, you know, you spend a lot of time fishing there. And that, so, so you said his, his, his company's called Davidson Outfitters. Yeah. So there's a river there called the Davidson River that I think is supposed to be pretty famous that we, it's one of the ones we didn't get a chance okay. to fish while we were there. Well, maybe next time it's yeah. going to be on the list. Yeah. It's, it, so we plan on, on our next trip to spend a month there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You liked it that much. That's... We, we did. I mean, do we, we're, we, we liked it so much. We were looking at, at property in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then, so then you guys went down South to Arkansas. Is that South or is it Southwest? Well, so or... after, after North Carolina, um, we went, we, we made a quick trip to Virginia and to visit a friend. Yeah. yeah. And, and we did, I went out one morning with him and we fished a little bit, but it was mostly a boat ride out he lives right just on a on the Piankatank River, which which flows out into the Chesapeake Bay. Oh wow! And beautiful area, really nice, rolling hills. And it was my first time there. We got to we got to visit a uh, revolutionary Revolutionary War battlefield while we were there. Yeah. And so it was that was an experience. But wow. then from there, White River in Arkansas was yeah. our next stop. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. America's uh, Trout River. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? You were yeah. So, it's a, so it's Trout Capital USA. Trout. Cotter <laughs> Cotter is named itself Trout Capital USA. Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. They have yeah, a, like water. There might tower be a couple there. other uh, towns <laughs> that might uh, dispute that. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially towns in you know, well, maybe say Colorado or Montana yeah. <laughs> or something. But um, so and, and you guys caught some really nice fish on. And so you did a guided trip down there on on the White River too. We did, yeah. So we uh, we spent four days there, and so we we did a little bit of of walking wade fishing. You know, luckily for us, while we were there, they weren't pushing heavy flows out of the whatever dams are there, and so so we were able to do. We had a lot of walking wade opportunities where we caught some small fish, and then on our last day there, we did a guided trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always, so you did it on the last day. It's interesting because, you know, so we had a customer recently. He, he was, uh, he was going to the Bahamas to do a, a, a DIY bonefish thing with a friend. And he's never fished, done any flats fishing stuff b- before, right? So, and he was taking a six weight. I'm like, well, there's some big, bone, big bonefish down in the Bahamas. Um, and I, you know, my recommendation with, with, to him was, Hey, if there's any way you can get a guide for the first day to kind of like learn the program, um, or at least just learn how to see bonefish on the flats, it'll like kind of up your success level for the last couple of days. But you kind of like, you, you're like, no, I want to end on a high note. <laughs> and, you, and you did right on that trip, not only like hooking a little bit more fish, but then you ended up getting a really nice fish at, toward the end of the I day. Did. Yeah. I got a decent brown trout. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't the 30 plus inches that they're known for there, but, but it was, it was a good fish. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and you know that we were doing guided trips on our last day, probably because my wife didn't want me to book multiple guided trips in a place. Cause if we would have done one on the first day and had a good day, yeah. I probably would have booked a second one. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know. yeah. So That's you guys it. were, you guys were trying to stick to a budget. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you guys kind of yeah. did your travel fairly low budget, you know, we did. Well, and, and you know, this is, this was 
a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. And so I told my wife, I'm going to splurge on guide trips during this. And, and she let me, yeah. you know, that was, that was bless her heart. <laughs> Oh, great. Now you're coming back from the South with all your bless your heart. <laughs> okay. So then after the White River, then you guys went, uh, where'd you guys go from there? So from there, we went and we visited some family on the way back to Utah where we did uh, Zion and Bryce Canyon, yeah. you know, just hiking around, sure. stuff like that. And they're really pretty. They're, I didn't know how small they were. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm used to Denali National Park and Yellowstone, sure. very large national parks. These are tiny. Really? Like it, Zion without traffic, you could drive through it in 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so there's there's more of it where you have to take a bus into, but the part they allow you to drive through, yeah, yeah. very small piece, but amazing scenery. Yeah. You know, and so we ended up spending most of our time in, uh, in a national forest just outside of Bryce Canyon. It was a place called Red Canyon. Okay. You know, we found a couple of like dry creek beds that we could hike way up into these into these Red Rock Canyons. It was great. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then from there, uh, we went to uh, Ashton, Idaho. So okay. we did, and we did the Henry's Fork and the Teton River while, oh, we, were, nice. while we were in Ashton. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was nice. It was, it was pretty cold there still. Yeah. Was, pretty. So that was like in, so now we're talking March, right? Yeah. So this was or the late March, mid early? to late March. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Around the last week of March. Yeah. yeah. So there's snow on the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Quite and a bit. It, so what was the fishing like? On, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming some of our listeners are familiar with the Henry's Fork um, in Idaho and and probably maybe have even fished it, but they've probably never fished it in March. They've probably always, you know, fished it in June or July or something like that. So uh, what was what was the fishing like? It was good. It was, I mean, uh, it was my second time fishing the Henry's Fork and yeah. every time it's been good that I fish it. So Pretty I much all subsurface it. or no, no, uh-uh. no, I fished it in the mornings. I would fish my urine and fraud, catch fish. Yeah. Then I would swing for a while, catch fish, the black micro zonker. I, I went through three of them. Like that. I didn't lose them. They just yeah. got worn out from fish. Oh, <laughs> like geez. I broke a hook on one. Like it just, the hook just snapped off. I caught so many fish on wow. it. And then in the afternoon, uh, a beta hatch would come off and I would dry fly fish. Oh wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so it was it was a little bit of everything. Yeah, and you know? it's all pre runoff, so it was yeah. There, there it was yeah. The, the Teton was the Teton was blown out. The one day we went into the Teton Valley, it was our first time in the Teton Valley, which gorgeous area, yeah. you know. And but the the river was blown out, and so I got I was able to get two fish just indicator fishing. Okay, you know that's the same stonefly mayfly setup that I throw on the Akama. Yeah. I, I take over there, and it works just fine. Sure, yeah. 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 Okay. And then from there, from there, Dillon, Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And we fished, we only fished the beaverhead there. We fished the beaverhead for six days in a row. Yeah. That was the, we, we went and checked out the big hole one day, but it was blown out. But the beaverhead was amazing. The beaverhead, we, it was dry fly fishing every day. There was large blueing olive hatches. The blooming olives, like I was telling you earlier, it must've been a size 16. They were yeah. massive, yeah. you know? So I was throwing a size 20 and I was catching tons of fish. Yeah, that was on the on the last day there. I caught one that was it was probably about eighteen inches. It wasn't massive, but I watched him feed, and I put that fly over top of him ten times, I think, before he ate. Yeah. And it was I was so excited when I got him to eat. <laughs> I was yelling, and and you know I got that little four weight LL that yeah the four eighty six yeah the four eighty six yeah, and that's such a beautiful rod, just the best dry fly rod. Yeah. And it's you know those brown trout in Montana, 
put it to the test. Right. It was great. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty, it's a lightweight rod for it sure. Is. So it is. Yeah. It definitely it, feels like at home in a you know in that twelve to sixteen inch range, and then bigger than that, you're like. Ooh, I, yeah. I'm a little undergunned yeah. on this Well, one. it'll go 20, I, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, so what was some of the gear that, like, that just, you know, I mean, you brought, a, you have a ton of different fly gear that you brought along. What was some of the stuff that, that, uh, that were standouts that just shined that you're like, man, for, you know, if, if I had to bring a limited amount of gear, here's some of the stuff that is absolutely coming along on the trip. Yeah, well, and so you're right. I, I I have a lot of gear. So so for my trout setup, I have a three weight urine infrared, which is specialty, of course. I have my my nine foot five weight Sage One, which is, you know, that that's the one that can do it all if you need it to. And so that's if you're going to take one rod, nine foot five weight is definitely the way to go. Then I have my four weight Trout LL for my dry fly specific rod, yeah. and then I have a six weight Sage X that that is a great streamer rod. It's, I have the, uh, I have, uh, the Skagit trout spay line on it. Right. And I mean, you've seen it from a, from a boat. I can do one back cast and be out there. And then when I'm, when I'm walking away fishing, I do the D loop cast and swing it like, yeah. I'm, like I'm spay fishing. So is that the 691 or the 691? Yeah. With the, okay. I got it with the fighting butt. Cause yeah. I, I originally bought it here for, for the sea run cutthroat yeah. fishing. Yeah. That's a rod that but, I really like I mean, that rod. It's a beautiful rod. Yeah. 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 But, um, the, like I said, the, if you're going to go, if you're going to go with two, I'd go five, six. Sure. That's, you know, cause your five, your five is going to be soft enough where you can get a decent dry fly presentation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, through, I know in Montana, the streamer fishing was really good. Yeah. And the streamer, I mean, those aggressive brown trout hitting a streamer, it's, they try to yank the rod out of your hand when <laughs> they do it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's so much fun to do yeah. that, that. Yeah, I mean, you know me, you fish with me a lot. I don't mind indicator fishing all day. Yeah. By the end of that trip, I was carrying a dry fly rod and a streamer rod. Yeah, I've it converted was, you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was, I mean, I was having that much fun doing yeah. those styles of fishing. So the beaver had six days in a row. I mean, it, I mean, Dylan's known for just being in an area where there's a lot of water to fish. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I'm assuming you're, you're planning a return trip to Dylan and like what, what's some of the other stuff that you're, that you're, you're like, I have to go fish this other water. Yeah. Well, and so the big hole, when we looked at it, it's real pretty. It's, I mean, I wish it was fishable. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a larger river than the beaverhead. I didn't know how small the beaverhead was. Beaverhead's probably only 35, 40 feet across in the spots that we were fishing it. And you know, and it looked like I could tell it was low water, you know, there's a reservoir above it. And so I'm sure they're holding water back until irrigation or something, but um, yeah, the, the big hole. And then, uh, the other one I really want to do that I didn't look at was, uh, Poindexter, which is supposed to be a Creek that kind of meanders through a field. Maybe I'm, I'm not totally sure. I, I need to go look at it, but okay. I've heard of it before. It's the one I wanted to fish, but by the time I got that late into the trip, I realized that if I try to fish everything in the area, I kind of just gloss over it all. Like, okay. and so I was like, I'm fishing this river the whole time. And like, dialing I want to get in. to know it, you yeah. know? And it was, I had a lot of fun doing that. And it, yeah. my last day of fishing was probably my best day because I had fished it five prior days. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think a lot of us, when we, when we traveled in new places, whether we're camping out or, or whatever, like we, you know, we, we want to try to sample everything, but, um, and sometimes the sampling is cool because you get to see different water. But like, like you said, I think. Um, I think for a lot of us diving into something and like, and just kind of grinding it out to like, figure it out. Like, even if you get skunked, like doesn't mean you shouldn't go back the next day. Cause, um, I mean, there's, 
there's always just the, sometimes you find, you find the other puzzle pieces that you were missing. And, um, and that, I mean, and that's part of the, I think that's part of the, the fun part of, of fly fishing. Once you, especially once you get down the road into it a bit is, is really starting to get into, it's not just about hooking the fish and then playing a fish, but it's like, it's the nuances of, of figuring out where fish are at, what they're feeding on, what you can trick them with, you know, and all, and kind of putting all those pieces together and, and, you know, and sometimes even just finding those fish that, you know, if you had just been there one day, you would have not seen where they were holding, right? They, yeah. You just would have glossed over them. So, okay. So then after the beaverhead, then you guys went, you guys went west so, from there? Yeah. So we went to, we went, we went to a town called Hamilton, which is south of Missoula. Okay. Yeah. And On the bitter so, root. Bitterroot. Yeah. And yeah. so there, we were again there for a week. I only fished the Bitterroot the whole time. Okay. Except the one day I drove over to Craig. So we were supposed to go to Craig for three days, but when my wife thought it was going to be 30 degrees in Craig, she said no. (laughs) (laughs) But I had already booked a trip with headhunters. Right. And so I drove over and did that trip, which was amazing. Yeah. So so your wife didn't fish that day because it was too cold. So you were just solo in the boat. Yeah. And the the weather was brutal. It was was blowing. It was snowing. We had a little bit of rain. I mean, it was tough, tough weather. We saw one other boat on the river. I've been on that river yeah. in the spring in like April when it was, you know, 22 degrees and snowing and windy. And yeah, I, I, I have a picture in my mind when you say the weather was brutal. When Alaskan tells me that the weather <laughs> was brutal, I have a yeah. picture in my mind on that river of, of exactly what it's like. I remember like trying to get our little stove started so we could cook up a hot lunch. <laughs> yeah. And I was with one of our shop guys because we were doing a, hosting a trip over there with headhunters. And we do with this stupid little... I've learned my lesson. Like we, we had just one of those disposable big lighters and we're trying to get this thing to light and like our fingers are so cold. We can't even like flick the, the lighter to get it to get it to start. And oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> might, might've been a little bit exaggerated, but, um, but so, but fishing was like exceptional for you on that river. It was, yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, so that was, a, that was a pretty cool experience. you know, I, I took my four weight, five weight and six weight. So I had a dry fly rod, a nymph rod, and a streamer rod. And the, they were all rigged up in the all boat. All rigged up, yeah, yeah in the boat, Perfect. yeah. And so, in, in the guy I went, went with, he was he was very knowledgeable. Yeah, it was it was uh, Kurt, I don't remember Kurt's last name, but you recommended yeah. him to me from Headhunters. Yeah, I, Kurt, we book Kurt every year um, when we host our, our fall trip. And, um, and it, clients are always, you know, there's a handful of guys at headhunters that um, that we just always get every year because I mean they have like you know 20 people that guide for them, um, but there's a there's a handful of them that are just stinking awesome. Yeah, so. yeah, and so be, because he knew the river so well and we had the versatility of all those rods, there was not a stretch that we didn't fish. We didn't skip over any water. He would just he'd, be, he'd just switch my rod out and I'd go to town with. And so it was on the dry. It was squalas. Yeah. We got a lot, of, a lot of eats on the squala. Wow. There was some blue wing olives out there, but he, he was saying that it's this time of year. It was mostly the small ones eating those blue wing olives, and so those those big ones came up for the dry though. So I I caught a brown that was probably about twenty inches on a squala on my four weight. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was that was quite the experience. Yeah, that but cool. but I got a lot of fish on the streamer too, and then not as many on the on the uh, indicator rod, but that's. The only time we would fish that is those, you know, those big straight flats. We would just toss that thing out in the middle and just let it float right down the middle of the river. Yeah. And you pick up a couple, but sure. 
but the, you're just covering water. Yeah, yeah. The the squala fishing on the dry fly was was the real treat. That That's day. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. When we were there, um, you know, years back, like we there was no. I mean, we had, and we had fished like we were supposed to fish four days. We did three, and then we had to cancel the fourth because there was this blizzard coming in. And I mean, the, <laughs> it went from like 55 to like snowy the next day to then like the horrific day I mentioned with with the the big lighter situation <laughs> where it's like 22 degrees and nasty. And then they were calling for like feet of snow the next day. So we're like, we're out of here. And we we actually bailed out and like drove out of town instead of uh, instead of sticking around. But um, but we I mean. No, no squall opportunity for for us when we were there, but that'd be it'd be a, that'd be a cool uh, a a cool hatch to hit out on that river for sure. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I'd fished squallas before on the Yakima, but I never had the action like I had there. I I mean, I I must have I must have hooked twenty fish on a dry fly that day, yeah. and it was. And then I mean, you know, and it it's your average size is probably sixteen on that river. Oh and yeah. It's, so they're all just big, a healthy sixteen. That's, and yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of those fish that would get get to the boat and they'd go straight down, and that four weight would dip right down to the water. Right. It was you know the entire rod was bent. It was yeah. It was I was I was actually really proud of that rod. It's yeah. I can't say enough about it. It's you know if you're into dry fly fishing, it's definitely one to check out. So and then how was fishing on the bitterroot? Bitterroot was good. So so we fished. Um, we fished the upper section of the river, so from Hamilton. So that river runs south to north. So, so we fished from Hamilton uh, south towards Darby, yeah. which is which is you know you're getting kind of close to to where it goes over the pass towards the Idaho border at that point. Sure. A um, lot of a uh, lot of West Slope cutthroat, a lot of whitefish, couple cut bows in there. Yeah. Uh, it was. Um, my, my wife, she was running the, you know, the tungsten terminator, that gold tungsten terminator that you sell in the shop. Yeah. That is, that is just the best stonefly nymph ever. Like I, I, I just ran it all over this country and it catches fish everywhere. Except, except <laughs> in Florida. Except in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. There you better That's, have your shark white clouds. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so I, I have fished the bitter root, um, but we would launch at the, where the confluence is. So we would float from the confluence okay. of the two forks. Yeah. The West Fork and the East Fork, and we would float down. Uh, we actually we floated to Hamilton, but that was a uh, kind of a longer float, um, and and we ended up doing like just some short evening floats where we would launch from the confluence just to the town of Darby, and just like right right at dark time, like in so we'd be pulling out in the dark, and like fishing was awesome. And I remember this one time. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The weirdest uh, animal I've ever seen swim across a river. We're like we're floating down, and we're 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 pretty cl- uh, close to the bridge at the takeout and it's like it's du- it's dusk and it's it's getting pretty dark and ahead of us we can see that there's an island um, downstream where the water sp- uh, splits around the island and we see something swimming going out to the island and uh and we're, we're like what is what is swimming in the water like we, we, we could see the disturbance and then we look we look closer as we're getting getting closer to it and, and we just see like two ears and it, it, was, it was a huge bunny. It was like a rabbit. This rabbit yeah. is swimming across the, you know, the, the, uh, the river and like, and then gets out on the Island and we're like, what the heck is a rabbit doing swimming across the, across it? But the, the fishing was like really stinking good. We, yeah. we, we really liked it. And we did some wade fishing on the East fork upstream more. And, and that, that water smaller, more intimate. You can wade it. There's some great campgrounds up that way and stuff like that. And, um, and this was like early mid July. Uh, super cool, 
beautiful water up there. Some nice fish just like right in the campground. Like right. <laughs> that would yeah. munch I mean, flies. A lot of fish in that river yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you, you guys, and you guys were just wade fishing it though, right? We did. We did. We did a guide a trip on the last day. On the last day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I had a friend come from Seattle over and him and I did a, a guide trip on the, on the last day. Cool. But yeah, we did, uh, you were saying the, the fork, we went up the West Fork. Yeah. One day and, okay. and fish up there. And so we, we fished very close to where you were just talking about. We'd go out actually after dinner because by that time, you know, it was staying light till after eight o'clock. Sure. So we'd go out after dinner and, and catch fish just like just standing on the bank and, and yeah. catching. It was it was great. Yeah. That's and, it's a busy, busy river. So on the last day, yes. Yeah. I, I okay. used, the, my wife and I went out one day and I was stubborn. I was like, I'm just going to dry fly fish today. And I got one fish to eat all day, and I didn't land it. <laughs> so she caught like ten fish, and she's had a great time. And I was like, "No, I'm dry fly fishing." Yeah. And so it was a squalor there too. We were fishing. Okay. Yeah. And then on the like I said on the last day, we went out with uh, Freestone Fly Shop in Hamilton. Okay. The, the, uh, one of their guides, and he was he was good. I mean, yeah. he knew he knew the river well. And I mean, that, you need to know that river well. There's big log jams on it. You know, sometimes he had to thread the needle between two log jams and and uh, it's a fast moving river too. So he did a really good job. And, and in the morning it was dry dropper with a, with a rubber legs underneath. And then in the afternoon, it was all just, just squalls. And, and my friend, I, I caught, I, I caught a fair amount of fish. My friend got two twenty inches that day. Wow. Yeah. And were you guys in the main part of the river or on the, the, the West Fork? No. Yeah. We were in the main. So we went main, from, okay. we went from Hamilton down uh, down river towards yeah, missoula so, towards missoula okay. yeah yeah wow yeah and so he got one brown trout and one rainbow both 20 both inches yeah it was i mean it was good for him because he just came out for the weekend right so right to be able to do that on a weekend yeah that's pretty cool yeah that's not not bad so then where do you guys go from there so from there back to here okay yeah. did you stop at the yakima just for like old time's sake we did yeah <laughs> you did. so we, we we stayed the night down in the canyon and but oh, it was hilarious. it was it was blown out and so we yeah. didn't fish yeah yeah. Okay. yeah i mean you know how i like the yakima right that's right yeah okay well i mean it was really fun to just follow a lot of your pictures on uh, instagram um and so if people want to see uh see your stuff on instagram and kind of and kind of get a, a visual of of your trip uh, where can they find you online? Yeah, on Instagram, it's at David underscore Gillitzer. Gillitzer, G-I-L-L-I-T-Z-E-R. That's right. Good job. Okay. And then any other social media or any other places that people can follow you? Nope. You're just yep. Instagram. So. I'm just posting on Instagram. Okay, yep. cool. Cool. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, um, and man, it was, it was great to spend a day like fishing for cutthroat this morning yeah, with you. Yeah, I had and, a lot of fun. That was, that yeah, was a good I hope time. Your trip up to, uh, your move up to Alaska is uh, it goes uh, without any issues like i know the ferry is having issues yeah. and so that's why you're around yeah. town for a week but um but looking forward to getting up there and visiting you and and um and and i'll come up to visit to see you it's not just to catch the steelhead that are in your backyard yeah <laughs> well i'll still take steelhead fishing though. okay <laughs> thanks for joining us today on this episode of the gig harbor Flycast, and uh and we have a lot more episodes coming up as we kind of uh, kick off a new season so uh, make sure you subscribe. I only really listen to the podcasts that I subscribe to. So uh, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. That'd be super helpful. And thanks a lot.